Hello and welcome to our first podcast. I'm Tom. I'm Sam. There we go. And this is the Just a Couple of Bagels podcast. This, this is our first one. First one, yeah. Second times. Oh my lord, this is going to be funny. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to get. This is going to go over really well. Or absolutely. Horrendous. You could say something very outlandish. No, no political. No politics in this. No politics. Well, you're probably all wondering who we are, what we are, why we're doing here, and why we're rambling into a microphone. Um, so basically, we're tennis people. Well, we've been professional tennis coaches now for two years. Two years? Yeah, I think I got, yeah, I got my all three two years ago. I think you're similar. Yes, we were in different places. Different places, but we did at the same time. You are so. in the beautiful city of Leeds. I was in the beautiful city of Bolton. Yeah, I was doing my university degree as well, so that was fun. Oh, there you go, I was just ambling about. Yeah, you're nothing else. I've been dedicated to the course. Yes. Uh, let's see, so you've, you've coached quite a few places, haven't you? Yeah, so coach, started coaching at Maxfield. It was a rival to Presbury. That was a, that was a fun time. Yeah, sometimes. Many uh, fun stories that she probably will tell, but not today. Yeah, not today. Only that's for another podcast. Yeah, Maxfield. Then I've also done my coaching back in Spain and America as well. So, you know, I've coached, yeah, I've coached internationally. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm an international sense coach. Me, I'm a little bit more boring. Um, started off doing a little bit of Presbury. Uh, but then the main thing I've been doing for the past two years is working at David Lloyd Cheadle. Which is a wonderful place to work. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> you wonderful. need to try and say that with a straight face. It's a wonderful place to work. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, when you're out in the cold, wet weather, and that's a lovely indoor court. For winter, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, for winter, that's fair enough. Um, so, yeah, I guess, how did we meet? Is, um, well, school. School. Sixth form. Because you, you went to a different high school. But yeah, I went to a different high school. Came you, across. You, you came across to a much better. Yeah, it's much better. <laughs> much better place. Higher class of people. <laughs> <laughs> much better establishment. <laughs> so we had a new building. That was nice. It was a nice building. I, th- I believe it's been trashed now. <laughs> <laughs> no surprise. No surprise whatsoever. So we, uh, how long have we been talking about this? For quite a while now, haven't we? At least a year. At least a year. So we just thought, oh, we should do a podcast. Because you and I both rambled. All the time. All the time. So we might as well record our ramblings. So might as well do it. Um, I think lockdown's kind of actually pushed us to doing it, funnily enough. Well, I think it's done for everyone, really. Yeah. I mean, people have become a lot more imaginative and started doing things that they wouldn't have done. Yeah. For those who watch our videos, they know our, our videos are rather imaginative. <laughs> they are very imaginative. <laughs> um, this is probably a good time to explain what we want for the channel. Um, yeah, so obviously... From your point of view? My point of view, yeah. Just get tennis content out of there. Just, you know, make tennis fun. I think there's a lot of times where tennis is quite a strict sport for people to look into. You must dress this certain way, you must act this certain way. Yeah, that's, that's you know, sort of have a bit of more of a casual approach to tennis. And the way, you know, tennis players and tennis coaches are, be more approachable. I think it'll definitely, you know, help. I mean, the, I think the main thing that we probably would not try to steep clear of, but not focus on, is probably like coaching videos, because you and I have both done a lot of, even though we're both coaches, we've seen there's quite a saturated thing on YouTube. Yeah, there's loads of coaching videos out there. And there's all kind of there's some really good ones, but there's also some really bad very ones. obscure ones, which we might have to take the mick out of at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I think I definitely stay away from. Yeah, I think it's not. Yeah, we don't need to do coaching videos. It's um. You can come to us directly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very reasonable price. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other things we want. I mean, this we want to sort of do a lot more of podcasts and what have you. Want to get better at it and probably get, <laughs> well we can't get any worse well we can't, <laughs> definitely can't get any worse um we want to get people on so people in tennis injuries whether they be coaches 
physios, Play, physios strength, yeah. players, strength conditioning people. Oh yeah, anyone, people, just people who work in the industry. Fair, any gentleman's tennis player, like you know, you look like a, a nude tennis. You want to see your your opinions, you know, see how we can possibly change the way tennis is in the is seen in the public eye. Uh, other things we want to continue with the sketches. Those have been quite fun to do, actually. Yeah, they were fun. And show our sense of humour, whether that be right or wrong. <laughs> Again, you know. So, but yeah, I think um, one which should be really fun is because we like to go to tournaments. You know, vlogging them tournaments have been interesting. Yeah, so it's sort of shot in the way of like a travel vlog. Cause yeah. When was it two? Two years ago with Nottingham, which should be taking part right now, which would have been right now. We, yeah, because we, we always said, oh, we should go back, go back. Because it was a really, really good tournament. And this four years was really close to all the players. He was very oh, much yeah. in the action. But obviously at Wimbledon, it's obviously so much going on that, you know, you go on your court and watch, your play, you watch the players. But I feel like, you know, in Nottingham, you know, the training court would literally right up to the court itself. Oh, yeah, you could see. I mean, we met Joe Conte, didn't we? We met Ever Watson. Ever Watson, yeah. We watched her play doubles. Yeah. Watched, um, actually watched um, Osaka. We watched Naomi Osaka before she, she won a Grand Slam. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. we're, <laughs> we're take that. Yeah, I'll say. We, we liked it before yeah. everyone liked it. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully you like anything there and you can just keep watching. Yeah. Which moves on to our next point. What have you been up to in lockdown? Apart from this YouTube. <laughs> apart, from, apart from this wonderful YouTube venture that we've started. Um, I started a lot. I run anyway, but I started running a lot more because there's nothing else you can actually do. And Especially at the start of the lockdown. All you could do was exercise and was running. So. Unfortunately, he, you did get me into running. Even though I'm quite an active person, I hated running. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. that, that fun. That's your greatest achievement in lockdown. You've got me to run. best thing about running is like the powerful music and put podcast in. Oh, there you go. People can listen to us. Listen to it it, it might motivate them to, to run, run a little quicker. bit quicker. Yeah, said, run a lot quicker than the time that these guys are going. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, was just, I went running the other day and had one of that Paul Radcliffe in. I was like, you know, he's actually quite interesting listening to, you know, people's opinions while running. Oh, because we both listen to podcasts quite a lot. We've probably got different things that we listen to, but... Yeah, I listen to them also. I listen to a lot of running podcasts. There you go, and I just listen to every single Tom, Dick and Harry who wants to talk. Whether that be some random Geordie bloke with tattoos, or yeah. some specky people who know all the ins and outs of football stats and what have you. Yeah. So hopefully you get a nice blend with this. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. Um, nothing else to do but watch Netflix. No. Binge Netflix. What's your greatest achievement of binge watching on Netflix? I mean, I think I've watched all 12 seasons of Big Bang Theory now, like five times at least. That's pretty good. Just go through the constant. <laughs> I have like a month break and I start from season one again. Oh my god. Next, uh, what am I going to watch? I managed to watch every single episode of How I Met Your Mother twice. I've done that now. I thought that was, I've, I've I thought that was a pretty good achievement. That's at least, what's that, about 20 something episodes, nine series. That's, near, that's probably nearly about 200 episodes. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's good. I, love, I love How I Met Your Mother. That's fun. It's an interesting show. Have you watched anything tennis related? It's probably. Wilmington came on, you know, the movie on Netflix. I watched that. Horrendous, I hate watching the tennis clips and nobody's The acting's not too bad, but the tennis scenes are awful. It's also, how can we make tennis look so entertaining? And all they've done is just make it look so unrealistic. I can't remember, from the players. It's the one where they're just hitting it. Yeah, one hits a smash, literally, they're both on the net and hits a smash, and then... Managed to get it back. He just dies across the clock. It's so unrealistic. 
this would probably show the age of us and hopefully people listening. Do you remember on um, Wii Sports we used to play just, where everyone's yeah. just whacking everything? No one can actually see what we just did there but what is moving our hands ferociously. <laughs> if you look through the window you might be a little bit suspect. Yeah. Other things have you you haven't uh, done much reading? Yeah, I've read a bit. I've read as far the best book I read was um, Aunt Middleton's book. I can't actually remember what the name of it was. But um, Aunt Middleton's like, for those who don't know, he's like ex-SBS, Special Boat Service. Um, well remembered. Yeah, um, <laughs> Marines, and then he was in like one of the parachute regiments. So he's like part of like, I think it's like Golden Triad or something. Of like, Interesting. Like really hard stuff to get into. But it's just like talking about his like, how his life pans, where it, how he got to where he did and all the training you have to go through. It's quite like, you know, inspiring. It makes you to go on a five mile run when he's like running 26 miles across rocky terrain. He sort of makes you feel a yeah. little bit bad. Yeah, he's like, you know, it makes you get up, 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 you know, makes you get up and go out to do something rather than sitting down doing nothing all day. Fair enough. Do you think what I went? I have read, there was, I've read quite a few things that I sort of read quite a while ago, but came back and quite enjoyed one. There was one good, I read a spy thriller, which took me only two days to read, actually. It wasn't the, it wasn't a massive book, yeah, it wasn't a thin book, it was you, still about 400 pages. You read fiction, do you? Yes, I do like a bit of fiction. I've got, so you have I've got quite a few autobiographies, but I've read them all. I feel like once I've read them, I don't want you to read them. You read them again, like, I read John McEnroe's, that was funny. I read his second one. I did that last year when I went on holiday. Oh, okay. I had this sort of determination in my head that I must read a book on holiday. <laughs> so I read all that. And that was actually quite interesting. And I do love him as a commentator. Yeah, no, he's funny as a commentator. He's brilliant as a commentator. I actually read Memory of as well. Let me know how much you love that. I think it was a great book, to be fair. Obviously, he talks a lot about the drug scandal. It's the uh, view, of, view of things. And just how, to be fair, it's like how she grew up in Russia. And got to where she is today, or where she was, you know, when mum was at the age of was it seventeen, something ridiculous. Yeah, like that, so you know, absolutely ridiculous. But then you know, loads of shoulder injuries, unfortunately. You know, and then had a little bit of a mishap. Mishap in the Australian Open. Misread an email or something. Ooh. No, but the um, you could probably argue that John McEnroe is probably his perception in Britain, especially, has changed dramatically since he was a player to what it is now because he was almost like Marmite when he was playing people either loved him or hated him oh yeah I think and now I th- the new generation coming through we not actually know, I don't think they'll know much about his antics no so I, I think mean, we all it's fair because again we're the still new generation because like I think we just know by it just from being tennis fans really. yeah I mean if you if people don't really know how John McEnroe acted just imagine Nick Kyrgios without the swearing yeah. and he do all these gigantic outbursts, but oh, yeah. never swear. But the also thing about Dramakura is he did it all, but he backs it by winning tournaments. That's that's. Kyrgios does it, and he, you know, you win it, you win a match, but he won't, he's, you know, he won't win, he won't win a Grand Slam at the moment. It's different. I mean, because it's such a shame actually, because he's a very he's very a great player. Kyrgios oh is a great player. God, I love watching Kyrgios. I watched him at the US Open last year. It's incredible. Grand stand. When you went to go and find yourself in America, I went to find myself in America and discover myself <laughs> <laughs> in a westernized country. Um, the most uncoachable player. Carry us. I don't know how. I'm bouncing it. I wouldn't take him. You wouldn't take him? No. Well, unless you pay millions of a mic. Well, to be fair, for the past three months, we couldn't coach, which is quite a forced segue into the next section. <laughs> Very forced. Very forced. I'll See get better. I'll try <laughs> and get better with that. Um, is coaching while in lockdown. Interesting. It was in, it was interesting definitely at the start because the LTA changed they've changed rules twice 
Yeah, first rules was there was no group coaching. It had to be only one-to-one coaching. Yes. Uh, and they said fresh balls, which I believe... I think like you meant, you meant to have like two different baskets on court. So yeah. the basket for serving and the basket for hitting. Mm-hmm. And obviously you, your client's never supposed to pick up the balls. Which was quite an elaborate, because I saw um, one coach who I know very well did a video of all the different ways you can pick up a ball without using your hand. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's one we've missed. <laughs> yeah, damn it. Got it. <laughs> but I thought kids quite liked it, actually. Kids quite like not picking up the balls. Well, they pick up the balls anyway, so no, they're no, great. No. Any, any coaches out there can sympathise with us. When you fair, I've still got that video of Joe Conza picking up balls. There we go, we need to show that. We do need to get it out there. You know? um, but yeah, any coaches who can sympathise with us about kids not picking up balls and just hitting them aimlessly or kicking them round. We'll know exactly what we mean. Yeah. Um, I think, to be fair, my red ball's pretty good. Like, if I get my kids from a young age, if I first get them before they have any other coach, they tend to grow up into... I think that's a lot with any pupil, though. If you can get them before someone's yeah. tarnished them. And it's like, right, racket's on the floor, pick up the balls, put them on your racket, and then carry them in. It's quite good, because like, a lot of people, with other kids... Like they obviously build a pyramid and they try and carry, carry like 20 balls in the right Oh, yeah. And and it goes everywhere. And school, but it's quite funny. Like, you know, oh, yeah, the, the heart's in the right place. Yeah. Like, oh. So I had to come running over there with a basket to try and get them all in. But that was quite funny. To be fair, from my point of view, the biggest change was being solely an outdoor club for 100% of my coaching. Yeah, no. Because obviously I've lived a very sheltered life being at David Lloyd's. It's yeah, lush in the winter. Nice, pristine courts. Yeah, yeah. Balls, balls not going all fuzzy and yeah. wearing out. No wind. <laughs> that was that was because um, when we when we came back, I think how long was it? It's been about three weeks since we've been able to go back to coaching. I think privately, yeah, in your yeah. private private lessons, yeah, private lessons. It's been three weeks, and I think the first the first two weeks was glorious sunshine. So I was like, oh, this is no different. There's no wind. Yeah. And then as soon as the weather went absolutely downhill and there was a really windy day and I fed a ball straight through a person and it just veered off. I was like, I'm not going anywhere near this person. Yeah, it's so difficult. And you've almost got to get used to it. It's, it's a completely different way of coaching outside than it is inside. Yeah. And to be know, fair, it Coaching it? with, you know, numerous layers on and a big... big oh, yeah. You're sort of like a Michelin man walking yeah. around. It's just like a little... Mm. Yeah, I had one coach who... Wore it and he had like a, like a massive like rugby suit. <laughs> it was hilarious. And then just to keep warm, especially when, like obviously like coaching in winter. I think especially when you know you got a group, you're not really moving around much. You just the players, players are hitting with each other, so you're there at the back of the court. It's like oh my God, I'm freezing. <laughs> Please let me hit. I can't feel my hands anymore. Yeah, to demo something, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, I want to demo something, but the ball's really hot, but really heavy. There's a cross of winds coming in. <laughs> oh my god! And yeah, oh. obviously you, you try and not cancel lessons because it just causes causes pain. That's do you know what? That's been the one thing that I've really not liked is having that because if you work at an indoor centre, most people who coach there will understand that you sort of got that nice sort of carefree attitude because you know you've got a lesson on. Yeah, and you can right, regardless of this, I've got these lessons today. It's going to be fine. But you almost wake up, you look outside, and it's suddenly. Today, but if it's sort of a bit cloudy like it is today, yeah, you almost think, oh no. When it's like I'll have like a lesson, like a junior lesson at four o'clock, and then your parents' kid, 
texting me two o'clock and he's chucking me down. I thought, well, you know, you gotta give it you gotta give it time. Oh, yeah, You're not gonna cancel the how, how long how long do you give it now? Half an hour. Oh, it's okay. harsh, but I'm gonna It's harsh, half half I think half an hour most people who live around here live. I think everything must have changed so quickly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there's been a couple of days previously when it's literally gone rain, cloud, sun, back to rain again. Yeah. So it's it's, it's been unpredictable. Um, what is the worst weather you've actually probably either coached or played in? This is pouring down rain. I, I coached in the snow once. I was. Oh, I bet your sliding was on point. I was definitely on point. I love <laughs> slide. But yeah, no, I I had I had a, I had a junior group and I was determined to keep them out in the snow because when I was an assistant coach, like a level two. I was like, no, let's keep them out, I'll keep them out. And then I go, like, no, we've got to take them in. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think was what? Um, sim- uh, no, uh, I wouldn't say it's similar. I had um, a mini red group who I've had, still have to this day, actually, and I enjoy teaching them immensely. Um, I think it was, sn- it's just, it was sprinkling with a little bit of snow. And then it all came down. And this was about half an hour before I was meant to take this it's getting covered yeah so i went with one of the drag mats and like profusely trying to get rid of all of the snow and i managed to get rid of it all and it was and it just kept coming down and down and to be fair it made some i would have made some quite good footage as well yeah i don't think that's too fair we had that we don't have had bad, had bad snow in a couple of years now i mean, we want to get into why that is <laughs> <laughs> um the most recent one was was early this year where we had torrential hail no, I didn't. I didn't coach in that. You didn't coach in that. I see. No. See, I get all these random ones. I yeah. think God's just punishing me for <laughs> coaching indoors. Um, and it came, it came down suddenly, sort of a little bit, and then sort of everything came down, and it covered the court. Yeah. So it was like a little sheet sheet of um smushy oh, icy yeah. mess. Yeah. No, I think that's the the best experience. Like when I was in America, I mean, he started lashing it down once from one court. I mean, it was literally like. I think it was thunder lightning and everything was like proper like thunderstorm. So we all like ran inside. And I was like, well, the kids last night were going to go back out when it stops. Like, I just, they were in hardcore. I was like thinking England hardcores. Mm. They're not going to be playable. I literally went down about an hour later when the sun was out and the courts had dried. But that's because it's hot there. It's hot, but it's just in terms of like, I think the drainage system was just on point. There was no puddles or anything. Really? It was just dry. It was like it hadn't rained. I was going to believe it. I was like thinking, oh, this is in England. Like, that's the course out of action for. There you go. Anyone who's listening who does courts or anything, please go to America and find out what they do with their drainage systems. <laughs> it would be very, it would be very, very helpful. Because I was, was like, I can try and speak to you, but there's not really much point. The whole court's like, that's the underwater. I went down. All courts dry, like hadn't rained. To be fair, is, is anyone who is trying to become a professional tennis player in Britain has got it tough with the weather. Yeah, winter's awful. Because it's in summer's great. Unless, unless, unless you've got an indoor club that you go to which to be fair there aren't many they're sort of they're quite scattered round yeah they are to be they said they've got grants to build some but I don't know when they're meant to be happening I mean where we work it's going to be quite hard oh yeah I mean bubbles are the way, the way forward aren't they but not, the, not the best thing it's freezing no, the, pro- the problem is with bubbles one they're cold as you said two some people don't like being in them they don't like the echo in them is it, it it does change. I think it like, oh, changes your times a lot bit, having a word echo. Uh, and then third and foremost for the club, they're expensive. The odds maintain, yeah. Because oh, really? you, everyone who doesn't know, they're a ma- basically a massive 
perspex sheet. It's a dome, aren't they? It's just a massive perspex dome. Yeah. It's like, it is a bubble, in a sense, because it just has air pushed in. It's always cold there. It's freezing cold there. Yeah, it's so cold. Especially, obviously, with the pits of winter, when there's no hot air outside anyway. It's absolutely freezing walking in there. But, like, yeah, I think also the problem is, depending depending where you are, when I was playing that in... Middleton, Virgin Knights and Middleton. Oh, yeah. And I was around. They had a bubble. Like, it hasn't getting slashed. Oh, yeah. There was, um, you might have heard the famous story from David Lloyd, where I work, where the uh, bubble blew away. Oh, yes, I've heard that. It blew away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've heard that. That was funny. You got, no, you got, no court, you got no, you know, new courts now? Yes. So at least, you know, that's something. Yeah, it it's, get, it's getting there for City to get I think we're trying to do it with most David Lloyds, but they're trying to just spruce things up a bit it needs a bit of TLC most, most places need a bit of TLC yeah I think you know tennis or ten, tennis needs to you know make it more, needs to be more appealing by literally new new courts everyone's playing new courts so from also going from an indoor because David Lloyd is I think their membership is vast if you go going from a place that's got thousands of members to going to a place that's got say 500 members Use travels fast. And yeah. we sort of had this. As soon as coaches were allowed to go back coaching, we had it at Presbury where every, every single coach just went on court. Yeah, obviously, that's the news travelled around and a lot, some, I wouldn't say a lot of members, I'd say some, majority, some members started complaining that coaches were coaching. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, to be fair, when you say it like that, it sounds almost ridiculous. It's like, what are they doing? Are they coaching? Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. And like, they said, oh, they're coaching, but we want the court space. It's like, one, we're coaching members. It's not like we're coaching, we're not coaching each other, we're coaching other members who are asked for lessons. So it's not like we're taking a court, taking a court space for a non-member or anything. No, no. We're taking a couple of... I think you, you get it anywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I'm, especially when I was, when you're coaching juniors, juniors, absolutely nightmare. A lot of older adults hate, the OAPs hate juniors. I think it's not that they hate them, they just hate them being on the court. So they hate them. <laughs> they just hate them. <laughs> I think I was, I was once coaching at Macclesfield, I had one of my first like, individual, since she was doing like a junior, she was just about orange ball when I started coaching her. I was coaching on court, and literally all courts were empty. And I had like 10 minutes left in my lesson, and this woman booked the court. I was like, I'm on this court, and I was like, looking around, just like, go on any other court. <laughs> Seriously, go on any other court right now. I was like, I've got and, they ten... want, and they just wanted that specific. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I've got to. Well, if you want to score, I've got ten minutes left in it. I'm not leaving. Like, it's ridiculous. Just go on any other court. The the big one. I had I had this the other day, and the person I was teaching couldn't believe it either. Um, is if if someone can clearly tell that you're coaching, um, you just sort of get treated a little bit less. I mean, I had this. I've had this a few times actually, but I had one. I think it was when was it? I think it was Friday. Friday I had this. Um, doing my lesson. Kept coming through. And then all of a sudden, this family, I could see this family come into the club. And one of the kids opens the door. And I knew who the person was. So I said, don't come through here. Can you go around? Because I'm in the middle of the lesson. The kid looked. Went back. But the mum said, oh, no, no, no. Go, go on. Well, oh, the yeah. person I was playing with got a deep ball went back and swung the racket back yeah, I yeah it's definitely an issue I think kid, obviously kids need to be taught 
Oh, definitely one at early age. Cool. It's quite cool a test kit. Yeah, don't run around. It's just safety of anything. Oh, yeah. We don't help when parents don't understand it either. There's a reason like, why we tell kids to not run behind a person swinging a metal oh. object. It hurts. Because of the, otherwise it will hurt. I've been hit by one. I've hit myself with one as well. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason that doesn't surprise me. No, I was at a tournament and I just did a serve. I don't know why, I've never done it before. But I followed through and it hit me right at the shin. I mentioned being like, To be oh. fair, that's common. Yeah. I'll that's be, really common. The shin just started swelling up, though. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know, I must hit, I don't know why I hit, but it started swelling up and it was massive. I had to go, of course, I was like, this is not good. <laughs> I do you know what? I don't know what it is. And I have, do you know what? I have this more with adults than I have teaching kids how to serve. Is adults will purposely hit themselves in the shin, recognise it, but do it again. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's odd. It is coordination. <laughs> I can I can guarantee you I did not do it again. It was very painful. Yeah, I wouldn't do that again. It's ice bucket. I was off court for like 10 minutes. I had to get back on. It was still swollen. And I was like, right, I'll have to carry on. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we I did. lost. But yeah, it's... Um... Go on, what, what, what is the worst injury you've seen on, on court? I've not seen that many bad injuries. I've just mainly seen loads of ankle rolls. This is so common. I'm an expert in that. Oh, you are, yeah. I'm an expert in that. For anyone... I've done them. I've been... Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, people who know who we are, I had... It was on the carpet course. This is why we hate carpet courts. Uh, I've done, this my, my story starts as well on the carpet court. Carpet courts are very, very grippy. So you cannot slide on them at all. So, one, it's bad for your joints because you're putting that much strain on them. Yeah. And two, if you have a quite a lot of momentum going through, which I did at this point, you're going to go arse over tit, which I did, and I got, I think it was, it was the highest degree sprain or strain you can get on a tendon right, before it. actually rupturing it. Jesus. So, you probably, uh, well, we won't put a, video, a photo of this. No, it's pretty But just imagine, <laughs> just imagine what the elephant man's foot would look like, and that is what my foot looked like for about it was a few months. It was awful. It was disgusting. But I've never had one that bad. But like, I was playing a tournament in Nottingham, David Lloyd once again, mm-hmm. um, through the LCA. And I was, you know, I was in the final, obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course I was. Um, That's why he's telling the story. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> and I had to pull out straight away, I think, in maybe the... the Middle of the first set, my ankle just rolled. Which way did it, did it roll inwards or did it roll out? Out. My ankle's always roll out. Mm-hmm. And then I went back. It was out for about a month. It wasn't the it wasn't nothing like yours. Went back a month later. Played another tour, played another tournament at David Lloyd Nottingham again. Exact same thing. <laughs> but they're so easily done. Yeah, they are so easily done. I don't don't know what it is because people do it all the time. People do it on nights out where they roll their ankle. The problem with me, tennis is my gate. I, I slide all the time. You watch me play tennis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slide. You just constantly, constantly slide. Even when you're not meant to slide, you will slide. I slide sliding. <laughs> oh, you really just get a ball like in the corner. I'll slide to go and get it because I quite enjoy it. <laughs> of course. But uh, yeah, when you put your games built around sliding, you're going to. I can slide and park on that pretty well. But which is a skill. I think it's a pretty good skill to have. I think I've picked, picked it up quite a lot from going on to playing on carpet courts and hard courts indoors where you literally have just got to stop dead and run back you, you've got to really deal with the sort of yeah. tiny bits of footwork to get in the right place where you can't just sort of slide into something and you're alright yeah. going back I've actually quite liked it 
It's quite good fun. Yeah, it I've is never... good fun sliding around tennis court. Yeah, I've never mastered the slide of the carpet. I think you'd need literally you would need ripper shoes. Yeah, you'd need no. Cause it's really hard to find carpet shoes. It's because like they're not necessary. No, they aren't necessary. You just need a really warm pair of shoes. Yeah, that are no good whatsoever. And to be fair, I think people like learning how to slide. Court. I've done it twice since. I wouldn't even thought. I've, I've, I didn't actually think I got, I got too hard to slide. I think I just did it. I remember there having a lesson on how to slide. So we'll go ahead, right, let's, let's, let's test this out. So if you were going to teach someone how to slide from all I've done this years, once and it didn't get well. <laughs> Have you done this Surprise, one? Surprisingly enough, this isn't in the level three um, guide. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this wasn't in. Yeah. This wasn't in. Right, we're going to teach you how to slide on a clay Because I remember my mate, we're on a clay court as well, which is like, you know, it's sliding heaven. Mm. And he was like, I can't slide. And I was like, well, let's see if we can teach you. Because I don't, I never thought, I never thought I'd teach them to do it. I just do it naturally. So you got to run. <laughs> and you just you got to run. you got to plant your foot. You plant your foot. You'd left your back leg has to kind of, you know, you turn it to grip. What, the way that I taught people, is, it's how I teach people, teach people to serve, actually, who I've never taught before. Yeah. Where you literally say, show me what a serves look like. So I just said to the person, I said, can you slide on this court? And it's no, it's that one you know where someone sort of puts both feet down really hard. It's so uh, like a, sh- like a shuffling yeah, movement, yeah. and like it doesn't work. Ice skating. Yeah. Um, so the thing that I got, the thing that I got to do one, they had to get the the foot that they're pressing down, and it's got to be flat. Yeah. Oh yeah. If it comes up and you sort of go your toes into the ground, then you're going to stop and you're going to get that shuffling yeah. motion. Um, so you have got to put that foot down, and you just sort of almost forget about the other leg. I sometimes like. Got you know, like grips to slow me down, it's like mm. a break. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have to, I'm quite good at swir- like getting my body swelling, get around to change direction and stuff like that because I do it all the time. Mm. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, but yeah, I think I taught a mate and he pretty much went head at head over heels. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had it that bad. I got them to quite a good point actually. I was quite impressed with how well it worked. Oh yeah, just don't come to me. You want to learn how to slide? Don't come. I can slide. I can show you how. I can show you my sliding, it's but fun. I can't. I can't. I can't I've, I've never been taught it. I've always just done. I no, I haven't. I just thought it came into my head, so I sort of did it a few times, and I just thought, what am I actually doing? Um, so I thought about this one thing. The main thing is timing it. If you time a slide wrong, it can look horrendous. Yeah, it's like you think you can't break down the slide into small chunks. <laughs> You can break you can break it down to what actually works. So running, what each foot is doing. That's that's all I can put. The main teaching beforehand, is it? Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's not. But you've got to have those certain reference points for people to understand of what to do. So they've got something like right. Is my foot doing this? Is this doing this? Yeah. The, hard, the hardest thing was um, actually both people were both people that I've done this with, uh, both polar opposites. One couldn't really slide, yeah. so stop too short. <laughs> yeah. This was the one who had the shuffle. And then the other one was actually all right at sliding, but he sort of slid past the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's all about timing. timing you, you, you've, you've got to sort of get, you've got a time to slide, so you almost stop as you make contact. With that. And like with any shot, if you run, you've got to stop your feet before the you The thing is, I don't, if you slide on the clay because it's necessary. Like when you're on like Astro or something, it's not necessary to slide. I'd, I'd teach my player to stop for the ball. Oh, Sliding yeah. a thing is so difficult and it's not necessary. Oh, yeah. Especially like hardcore or something. I just do it because I like doing it. But mm. if I was playing a match, it wouldn't be my go-to. No. It's, it's a, a bit of fun. Like it's to... one of those fun things. Yeah, to I, I, well, it's not a recommended thing. But it's like teaching a hot dog. Yeah. 
not needed. Which I, I have, I have done in a group lesson, and people, people see it because I do them. I can't do it. I attempt them all the time. I should probably learn how to do one, but I. No, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a little. I know. We'll, we'll, do, oh, we'll, do, we'll do that. We'll give um, a video. On that. We'll do a video of me giving you a lesson on how to do a hot dog. I'm just afraid that you know I'm going to hit the net regions. And people who have seen our videos and people who haven't seen our videos will find there is a bit of a height difference between you and I, yeah, <laughs> which is. might be the reason. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to have too small to do it. I'm sure I'm not too small to do it. No, I don't think you are. I just, I've, always, I've never done it because I know I've always been quick enough to run around it. There we go. Me, I just think it look. It just looks better. When you win a shot off a hot dog, it does look amazing. Oh, it does. But the the problem is if you do it midway through a lesson. And you win it, and the person just sort of looks at you and goes, you're going to be teaching me. Yeah. Not taking the mick out of me. Well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? You know, having the fine line between being a player and being a coach. Kids love it. Yeah. Love Kids it. love it if you do it, and you win a point off them like that. They're just sort of going like, wow. Yeah, I think I... Teach me. When I was on my level three, like, the, my shoot was like, right. <laughs> I think it's basically the boys and the girls are all right. <laughs> but it's the guys, like, he, made, he put us into this like, kind of match situation. At the end of it, it's like, right, you sorted now. You get that out of your system because <laughs> you're coaches, mm. not players. It's having that fine line of being like, you know, you're a coach. You're not here to be a player. And, and when you're here to teach, and I was playing tennis, obviously you're going to win. That's why they come to you for a lesson. <laughs> it's true. And it's hard because coaching a mixture of different people. And there's quite a good mixture with me, especially from coaching and hitting. Yeah, and someone put into I was teaching someone. I won't I won't mention his name because he is quite well. He's well known. All I say he's a singer and he's from the north. Um, and he pointed this out to me because when you hit with somebody, you want to get the longer amount right. You want them to hit as many balls as possible. Yeah, and someone's automatically in your head if someone's got a got a bad backhand and you know it's more likely going to break down. Yeah you'll naturally hit to the forehand more. Yeah. I mentioned it. And when we were doing points, I was doing this because I was sort of, I didn't want, you don't want to annihilate a person. No. However, I do teach someone who does want to, who wants me to annihilate them. Yeah. It's, it's getting that fine line again though. That. Um, so yeah, yeah it's hard because you do it naturally because you want the person to enjoy the session and you want them to. I used to as a junior. To... My coach used to like, he used to, when we were playing a match from my coach, He'd be pretend that I'd be on top, and eventually, boom! He just, yeah. he just hit one <laughs> straight like, past. And I'm like, I thought I was winning yes. this. Like, I was on top in that point. What the hell happened there? I used to love it. I was gonna say, we used to, it just used to make me like. You know, I always wanted to come back. I was like, I'm beating this week. Beating well, this it, give, week. it gives some people, and again, this is where the, it's a very fine art of coaching, where you almost got to adapt your personality to the person you're teaching. Some people like having the mick taken out of them, being absolutely thrashed around the court. Other people like a little bit more human, having their ego stroked a little bit. Yeah, no. Um, but it's each to them. Yeah. It's a hard thing to do. For people who don't know, the ATP tour specifically, and I think WTA as well, Yeah. Um, they're both currently suspended. I know, I think both of them till the 31st of July. We've had some tennis come back. Yeah. Which, uh, have you watched any? I haven't actually watched any, no. Um, Sverdor Djokovic has had his um, tour, his tour thing. His, what is it called? This funny, Adria, it's the Adria tour. Yeah, which obviously, in the, the, the last link of it got cancelled, didn't it? So they've, um, so everyone doesn't see it, it's on Eurosport, so Eurosport, thank you very much. <laughs> you can send the advertisement check in the post. 
it's um, so it's four stages across Europe. The first one was, as it's done by Djokovic, was in Serbia. It was in Belgrade, and it actually was, it was nice just to watch a bit of tennis again. It was on clay court, so it was quite good fun. So they, similar to how the uh, how most of these tournaments, like the Battle of Brits, how they're doing it is it's two groups. It's like a round robin in the first group, and then they progress onto a sort of a semi final and a final. Right. Okay. Um, Dominic Team won the first sort of leg of it. I think there's meant to be four legs. The third leg, which was meant to be in Montenegro, has been cancelled oh, right. because of that spike of coronavirus there. But yes. it's just nice having a bit of tennis back. And then the Battle of Brits looks quite fun because I looked into it a little bit. So there's, it's all British players. So it's Andy Murray, Jamie Murray, Dan Evans, Cameron Norrie. Liam Brody from where we're down from. Yeah, go on, Liam. <laughs> go on, Liam. Apparently, he's had his pants taken down in all these group chats. He's just been. The man's been hilarious. It was been Andy Murray and him. Oh, I, th- I think it's brilliant. Absolutely amazing. It's brilliant because I th- Liam wants to beat him. Everyone wants to be Andy Murray. Everyone wants to be Andy. And do you know what? Andy's actually been. I wouldn't. Been quite pessimistic, really. Really, he says he wants to finish third in his group. Well, he's not gonna, yeah, I mean, I think he's saying that to cover his backside. A little, a little bit, a little bit. But no, uh, it should be a funny tournament to go. I'm looking it should be fun. I quite, do you know what? I really like watching Dan Evans, actually. He's quite an entertaining player. To so watch. I watched, again, I watched him once last year in the US Open. <laughs> what, what did you come away from watching Dan? Big header, isn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's just, you know, I didn't, I mean, we only watched him for a bit because we're very, we're Joe Connor was going on one of the show calls, so we all literally at the back of this call in the corner. Dan Evans couldn't really see too much. And we've got the Charlotte joke on, so what's going on there? Okay, let's go and get get front row seats of joke on there. And I got, we actually got amazing seats, like you know, just behind the court front row. How did it work? What was the ticket? Would you just have ground passes and then you? To fair, I think he's actually works. Which is different from Wimbledon in terms of we got a ground pass mm. that gets you into every single court except for the is it Arthur Ashe? Yeah, the Arthur Ashe. Yeah, I guess you in every court, so you go grandstand. You go, you can go to all the big, big ones, except oh. So you get, you get to see really. You get, that's similar to um, how the Aussies do. Because I know on the Aussies, if you buy a Grand Pass, you can go. You can't go on Rod Laver, but you can go on. Uh, is it the Margaret Court Arena? Yeah. You can go on that one, which Andy Murray has said has had a better atmosphere because you get all the proper tennis fans, yeah. not people who can just afford a ticket. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I think it was yeah, it's quality. Like I was on Grandstand watching Nick Kyrgios, and it was amazing. Just. He's funny. It's funny to watch. Oh, he is. I bet he's properly entertaining. But obviously, you have the, if you go and buy like a ticket for the Arthur Ashe, you get it for the morning, and you go on and go for the afternoon. It's like an afternoon session, the evening session, isn't it? Mm. Which, to be fair, I bet it's more atmospheric because it's just a little bit darker. And it's... Maybe, yeah. But, you know. Depends who you watch. So, I watched Coco. Is it Coco Goff? Coco Goff, yeah. I think she's doing... Um... Her coach, um, who's course is the um, same coach to Serena Williams, who's Patrick Moratoglu, yeah. he's got his own little competition going on, a bit like Novak, where it's a little bit more, I think the way I explained it to you before we started this, was a bit, it's more like a video game. So they've got people like um, Stefano Sipsipas, Benoit Paire, um, loads of people like that. Uh, and they've, so I think it's more. It's more. They do it more on a tiebreak basis. It's called. It's called the ultimate tennis showdown. So, sounds like a video game already. Yeah. 
Um, but to be fair, they had some good things in it. They had um, they allowed coaching on court, which right. I thought was interesting. I know some people are quite divided on it. I think it has to be it for me. I think it has to be the same between the ATP and the WTA. Well, because the WTA have sort of allowed it a little bit more in tournaments. I don't think they allow it in. No, they don't allow it in, they don't allow it in slams, but they allow it in that, you know, in Masters events and all that. They allow yeah. it. So it needs to, I think it needs to be the, you know, the same. Across I think it'd be quite good because you could listen in and it's quite, in, quite it is interesting. interesting. It is interesting to the coaches, especially when they speak English, when they speak another language. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't work, we'd have to learn another language. Yeah. Um, but he wanted, to, he wanted to try and make it more entertaining because the main thing he said about it was if you look at the average age of a tennis fan, their yeah. sort of retirement age, it's sort of, oh. it's 60s and what have you. You can see that actually from Grand Slams, what time of day they're on. Most people who are retired can watch them all day and what have you. And no, that's true. As soon as kids get back from school for Grand Slams, most think, unless it's Wimbledon or the French Open, it's all finished. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, especially if you've got the US Open. Well, with the time difference. Time difference in the Australian Open, time differences. It's, so I don't know what, I think, I missed the first period of school once to watch an Australian Open. No. Um, I saw it as a free, so I thought They'd not. rather watch people on YouTube. Hopefully us. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, so yeah, so they've, he's done it quite differently. So you can listen in on uh, what coaches say to the players. And you can also have sort of halfway through when they change ends, when they sit down and have a drink and put the towel over the head. You, they can have sort of encore interviews at the same time. And now they know. So you sort of get a little bit more information of how the player's feeling and what's happening. Yeah. But then the other thing which I'm, I'm not too sure about is when he's got these, they're almost like joker card things where you can swap the serve over... Um, winners count for double points or something. Right, it, make, okay. it makes it a little bit too arcade. I mean, that's something like you do during training session, isn't it? Or if you hit a hit a winner, it's uh, mm-hmm. three points. <laughs> it's, uh, something stupid. Like you hit, hit a volley, <laughs> it's an extra point. But, but, yeah. admit, but I mean, I mean it's just trying to get people in watching tennis again, isn't it? Which is important. You know, if it gets people, if it gets the viewers up and gets people into tennis, then you know, more for it. And yeah, need a few more. And to be fair. Going down to the club, and you might have seen it as well. There is a lot more. There are a few more kids who are just coming because they can't go to the park. They can't yeah. go to the park. They've gone to have a social at the tennis, and they've played. They've, to be fair, they've played a bit of tennis. No, it's nice though. It's nice to see, like you know, again, again, juniors playing again, and like getting young adults playing. Hopefully, they'll watch a bit more because I know um, the, the atmosphere of the clubs generated a lot more. The more young people you have in the club, the better the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. The more stuff that goes on, I mean, it's just full of all people. I think it's just dead. It's you've got to have, you've got to have a bit of both. I think. You'll have both, yeah, but I think if you have too many adults, too many old, you have too much of one thing, then it's going to sort of yeah. deaden it a little bit. I think definitely on my old club, it was too many old people. It's just nothing I've got done. But you know, I'll leave that for another story. We'll, we'll save it for another podcast, hopefully. Yeah. Um. So for people who are wondering when professional tennis is back properly. Uh, the ATP announced, I think it was it was only a few days ago, that the tour's going to resume from the 14th of August. In Washington. So, yeah, so they've got Washington on the 14th of August, then Cincinnati on the 22nd, uh, and then it's the US Open on the 31st, which will have no fans, which would be very interesting. And only one team and there member. There are one team member. Yeah. Which would be interesting, because we know, because the Premier League's come back, They've put crowd noise on over the yeah, transmission, yeah. which 
I mean, to be fair, I don't mind. I mean, it's not brilliant. It's not exactly. I don't think they need it for tennis. Tennis, yeah, tennis. Tennis got the quiet. The crowd has to be quiet anyway. Mm. So there's only clapping. They're gonna miss out. That's true. So, so I think it'll be, be alright. Uh, let's see. Then we will go, and then it, they swing it all the way over to the clay court season, which was unfortunately postponed because I love the clay court season. I prefer the grass court season. <laughs> of course you do. Which you don't get. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which we, we, we definitely won't get because the weather in Britain, as you get to more September, oh, yeah, it, won't be awesome. it will be atrocious and you won't be able to play anything. So they've rescheduled the Madrid Open, which will be on the 13th of September. A week later on the 20th, you've got Rome. So Rafa will be chomping at the bit. And then... That's if he plays. That's if he plays. Uh, and then the controversial thing was rescheduling Roland Garros. It's it's, ve- it's either a week or two weeks, and it's very, very close to both slams. Which, fair, you might get another winner. You might get a completely different person who wins it. It's going to be strange. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the vote was like in France either in September time. I think that must have been a factor when they decided it. Because I know, you know, when you watch in, what is it, May? Sort of the end of May, early June. The weather's not great still. No, you and to be fair, they've modernised quite a lot because they've now got a roof, which I think there's a roof. Now. There's, a roof there's a roof now on Court Philip Chatteret, which does look very. So nice. they enter the twenty first century. So they, yes, they have. They've had a massive update. They've got a greenhouse court as well, which is quite nice. Interesting. It's very nice. Um, but it will be interesting. I know some people because I think um, Djokovic is up for it all. He doesn't see anything wrong with it. Uh, I think Andy Murray wants to get back straight away, but then there's a few people like Simona Hallett, uh, Rafa Nadal, who are all a little bit cautious. Yeah, I mean, it's you, you can see why they're cautious. I mean, I guess, you know, there's an epidemic going on. So. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have forgotten, but there is. Still, yeah, it's still going on. Just hoping by you know, August, September time, you know, it's all kind of settled down a bit. Hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Things are getting a little bit more back to normal. Yeah, slowly, slowly. Football's back. Because we sort of slightly touched on it. The LTA updated it. So so now you can do... You can now do group lessons, which is good. So I think it's up to five people. Yeah. Which we've trialled club night, which was interesting. Yeah, so you did that last night, didn't you? I did that last night. and It wasn't exactly the same. Club night, you expect double figures of kids turning up and it is just a turn up thing but it took a lot more organising where we had to explain rules what kids were allowed and what they weren't allowed to do and the maximum we could have was five yeah but it was it was all it was all right it went quite well I mean you get people who know each other quite well kids have their own little cliques and groups yeah and they all and they all got out and played tennis it was Nice to see people back playing mm, tennis. So I did a red group. I was doing the red group sessions where you was doing that, and to be fair, it actually worked quite well. Kids can pick up the balls now, so it's just a lot easier. Was there any other measures that you sort of put in? Because no, yeah, you, got, you mean still you, you still keep two meters apart? It's like we just put cones out, which are two meters apart to do certain like warm up activities, and then obviously, you know, if you're doing any sort of hitting, then the net separates them anyway. But it's just kids. Kids aren't going to be able to socialize the sort of point. No, no, I think that was the hardest point because I know before we went into lockdown when people were saying, oh, are we going to go in, oh, are we going in? And the main thing I had when I spoke with another coach is how are you going to police kids who are six, five and six 
with this saying that you can't go near a person or you've got to keep a certain distance away. I think it's helps with the parents. Like, you obviously got to talk, we talked to the parents before they came on and was like, look, don't try and keep them two metres apart, but, you know, these kids, you know, you know, they're six years old, five years old, you know, they understand. They're like, yeah, you know. And to be fair, they're less susceptible to this. Yeah, a majority of parents, especially the ones I spoke to last night, they're like, yeah, you know, it's fine. You know, we understand the risk and it's, it's you know, we were trying to keep them apart. We did, for the majority of it, we did, obviously, you know, don't touch your eyes, don't touch your mouth. But again, the kids, so. What can you do? What? And they live and they learn. They do. <laughs> and that's probably a good point to wrap it up. How, yeah. how do you feel this has gone? Yeah, not bad. It's fair. It's gone quite quickly, 15 minutes. That's gone quite quickly. We've, hopefully we haven't rambled too much and bored people too much. Hopefully there was a few decent things that we talked about. I know we went off on a few tangents. Yeah, but, you know. It's always going to happen, isn't it? We did have a little schedule in front of us to follow, which we kept to it pretty well. I think we kept to it pretty well. There was a few things that we thought we might include and we haven't, haven't really included, but we can save them for another. As in an hour into it, you know, I think that's fine. Hopefully you're not on nodding off. No. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed that. If you'd like more, please do subscribe. And I think there's, there's the little bell that they've got to tick if they want to be notified. On yeah, the there's a bell. Subscribe. We will try and put like. this... On, we'll try and put it on Spotify and other podcast areas, but the yeah, go-to place Apple. will be YouTube. Yeah, I think YouTube for now, definitely. Then we'll look into other. So there's, like, there's an Apple, there's like podcasts and Apple phones and stuff. There's other avenues that you might be able to find it, so we're not quite sure. Oh, yeah, not quite sure. But, but I know I listen to all my podcasts through the Apple, literally called podcasts. There we go. So, um, but yeah, anyway, yeah. Cheers for listening, guys. And, uh, Thank you very much. Hopefully we'll see you soon.